Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. It is a Wednesday edition of the show. Therefore, it is a preview show as we get into the Bucks' next matchup. It will be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Christmas night traveling to Arizona to take on the Cardinals in a game where neither team has lived up to expectations, but one of these teams still has a chance to make the playoffs, and that would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Join with me is my fellow co-host from PeterReport.com and the face that runs the place at said website that I just mentioned. It is Scott Reynolds. Scott, how you doing? Are you in the holiday spirit? How we doing? I am. I, I am. I'm, I'm actually drinking, as uh, as we talk right here, a green ah. can. This is the Take No Quarter IPA, trying to get into the the holiday spirit, the Christmas spirit. And um, you know, the great thing about, and we'll get into the Pirate Republic uh, ad read in just a minute here, but the great thing about Pirate Republic is, you know, they're already ready for the holidays. You got yes. your red can, you got your green can, that's the Long John Pilsner. You know, uh, you've got your, your gold can, with which is the the golden haze of piracy, Belgian wit. So it's pretty cool. All you have to do with these things is slap a bow on them, put them under the tree, maybe put some in the stockings. It's great stocking stuffer. So mm-hmm. more on Pirate Republic later, but uh, I'm already partaking in the Pirate Republic holiday spirit. That's totally fine by me. I mean, it's listen, it's happy hour time, you know? It, it is. It's happy and hour it, time. It's, it's four o'clock season. somewhere. It's four exactly. o'clock here. <laughs> exactly. It's four o'clock. Now, um, all right, let's get into this matchup. It's the Bucks against the Cardinals. It's yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for the schedule makers. Typically, I don't because let's remember the schedule, the schedule makers, they screwed over the Bucks in Bruce Arians first year as head coach. Yes. Where the Bucks had a home game in London and it was a divisional right. game, which you don't typically see too much in these international affairs. <clears throat> and yeah. the Bucks didn't have a home game for like over a month because of it. This yep. year, the schedule makers decided that, oh, we're going to have the Bucks play two really important games um, on the West Coast late in the season. And we're going to yeah. we're going to mix in the AFC champions uh, as your home game. Right. But where I feel bad for the schedule makers, because, you know, you, you can predict the future, but you don't actually know what's going to happen. Right. The Christmas slate is not really that good. No. If you look at it, there's three games on Christmas. The first one is the Miami Dolphins against the Green Bay Packers. Now, I don't schedule there because, again, on paper, the Dolphins with Tyreek Hill in his first season there against the Packers, who obviously um, had Aaron Rodgers coming off an MVP, that looks like a good game on paper. The second yep. game, the defending Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams, who are now eliminated from the playoffs, against the Russell Wilson previously-led Denver Broncos right. now Brett Rippon again on paper <laughs> on paper Russell yeah. Wilson his new team the Broncos these two teams contending right. for the West crown in their respective conferences that game's a dud now with all the injuries to the Rams Russell Wilson obviously everything going on there which yeah. leaves the finale the Bucks against the Cardinals which again yeah. would look pretty good Cardinals exciting team made the playoffs last year Every Bucks fan knows the history of the Bucks over the last two right. seasons. That looks like a great game. And then yep. Kyler Murray's out for the year. DeAndre Hopkins gets suspended for half the season. The Bucks 
completely regress. They obviously lose a lot of top tier players. They're six yeah. and eight fighting for their playoff lives. The Christmas schedule sucks, and uh, Bucks fans have been complaining. Why do I have to watch the Bucks on Christmas? You know what? Well, I don't, don't necessarily blame you. You don't <laughs> you, have to. But you don't have to, but if you want to, it. it's you your. Can. I get it. It's your favorite team, so yeah. you're you're gonna ride with it. But uh, right. Yeah, this is not the prettiest of schedules. Even the Christmas Eve, all the games on Saturday aren't really right. Uh, and, and, either. You know, it's funny, right? Because with all of the years where the Lions have just absolutely sucked, and actually the <laughs> Lions are resurging right now, right? And um, you know, under Dan Campbell, and and uh, you know, they're they're living up to the hard knocks preseason billing, right? Where they're yeah, you talked about as a, as a possible breakout team. Well, they're they're breaking out. They're they're living up to it. We'll see how they finish down the stretch. But the interesting thing is, is like Lions fans, Matt, they're conditioned to, hey, we're going to suck. We know that, and we're also going to have a home Thanksgiving game, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody goes to that knowing that they're probably going to lose to the Packers or the Vikings or whoever, right? Whoever decides to to play them on Thanksgiving, it's probably going to be a loss. That's been kind of the trend over the last you know, decade or so, for sure. But the thing is, the Cardinals fans, because th- this is not a static game, this Sunday night Christmas game is 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 a new phenomenon, and it's 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 not a static thing. In other words, the Cardinals don't host it every year. This is their first time hosting on Christmas night, and this is the first time the Bucks are playing on Christmas night. Uh, that being said, I wondered how many – Cardinals fans are even going to show up. I mean, here you have a team, right, that is, yeah, <laughs> you know, that it's won four games this year. And looking at their schedule, you know, they're four and 10 right now. They are mired in a four game losing streak. They've won one out of the last six. Kyler Murray's out. Uh, they, they've lost, obviously, all hope. They're not making the playoffs this year. They're contending for, you know, a top 10 draft pick and they're going to get it. But I, I wondered how many. Cardinals fans are even going to show up for this game on Christmas night. And if Tom Brady wasn't the quarterback in this game, right, a chance to see Tom maybe one last time. I mean, I'm just wondering, and we'll never know, but how many fans, even Cardinals fans, are going to be there because of Tom Brady? No, that's it. You know, is it going to be – because I don't think it's going to be a capacity game whatsoever. Uh, But but is Tom going to account for 10,000 more fans? 12,000, 15, is it going to be 5,000? I don't know, but it's interesting. It'd be interesting to see how many fans actually show up for the game and how empty it is because, you know, these are, these are two teams that, that, as you said, really have had disappointing seasons. The Bucks, you know, luckily have, are playing in the worst division of football this year and they have a chance to win the NFC South title. But, uh, but if not for Tom Brady, I, I just wonder how many, how many fans are, would be there Sunday night. That's an, actually an interesting point that I didn't really consider too much. Tom Brady should send a bill to the to the Cardinals for being yes. like, "Hey guys, I'm packing your stadium." Right? They're yeah, essentially, he, I, I think I think Tom should get like like a percentage of the gate, right? <laughs> no, like, that's only fair because like yeah. if you're a Cardinals fan, why? Unless you're like <laughs> the Cardinals have this one fan I remember from a couple of years ago. He's the guy that will like he wears shoulder pads. He wears the a bird helmet, man. You know. Birdman? Um, no, he's uh-huh. wearing like legit like football oh, okay. shoulder pads okay. and a helmet, and he'll have a. His name is Cortez because he does like you know okay. in training camp you have the tape on your helmet, yeah, right, you write right. your name there. Yeah. So it says Cortez. Like Cortez will be at the game, rocking hard yeah. for his team, and I respect that. But yeah, why else on 
<laughs> on Christmas of all days, would you yeah. be like, all right, I'm going to go sit in Maybe there won't be as much traffic if no one's going to the game. But yeah. it's like, you I, know, I'm, I'm taking time out of my day to go see this crappy, yeah. crappy team. But I, hey, I, Tom I think, Brady might be your only time to ever see him. It's either going to be Tom Brady or the other thing I can think of, Matt, is, is if, you know, Sunday morning you wake up, you check your stocking, and you get a note from Santa saying, you've been a naughty boy or a naughty girl. And you have coal in your stocking, and you know your punishment is is going to be going to the Cardinals game tonight. And, and then maybe if you go, then you'd be on the nice list next year, right? Support your hometown team. I don't know. It, it, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, we're going to get into to the Cardinals uh, Bucks preview throughout the show here. That's that's what today's topic is. We do have have some news for one buck in your place, but one thing just to kind of whet your appetite. If you if you're looking for an exciting game you might be disappointed because th- this is a, a game where where both teams are kind of undisciplined, right? We've seen that in Tampa. We've seen how the Buccaneers can be undisciplined. I mean, hell, they blew a 17-0 lead against the Bengals last Sunday. Easy. Got outscored 31-6. to Yeah, just like that. Had five straight turnovers, if you count the turnover on downs, which was the botched uh, fake field or fake punt uh, attempt by, by Giovanni Bernard. Uh the the Buccaneers are the the they're the twentieth most penalized team in the league uh, in terms of the, of five point nine penalties per game. The Cardinals are the the third most penalized team in the league, so they're like even more indisciplined than the Buccaneers at at six point nine penalties, almost seven penalties per game. So you can ex- expect mistakes on both sides. Um, the turnover battle, that's kind of a cliche thing. Whoever wins the turnover battle is going to win the game. That certainly played out last week, right, Matt? But yeah. but this week it might be, right, because it's been, as as Todd Bowles has eloquently said, it's been Bucks versus Bucks, And obviously in Arizona you could say easily it's been Cardinals versus Cardinals. So <laughs> yes. which whichever team decides to play the other team and not themselves probably has the better chance to win this game, right? Oh, without questions. I mean, even b- before the Tom Brady era, uh, it was all about, hey, if the Bucks don't beat themselves, they're going to have a chance to win this game. And I think the the key th- and obviously that that goes without saying when when you have Tom Brady, especially the way that the Bucks like had that game. You, you yeah. know, like you're up 17 to 3. I'm very curious the, the more I think about it. Like if the Bucks even if they went 3 and out or got a couple first downs that weren't scoring points in the, in that third quarter. If they just forced the Bengals to go all the way down the field, like would they, yeah. would they have won that game? I'm very curious. You can't really yeah. look back at it now because so many different things change, but now you look at the bucks and the Cardinals. I, I think a big thing that really sticks out to me for the Cardinals. And I talked about body language with the bucks on their last show back. They just look defeated at times yeah. when things don't necessarily go their way. The calls and a little bit more with Kyler Murray. So obviously you won't be getting that for Sunday's game, but they seem to really like legitimately snap at each other, you mm-hmm. know, when they're, when they're out there playing, like they legit are getting in each other's faces. Hey bro, wh- what's wrong? Why'd you throw it this way? Why'd you throw it right. that way? And that's why in, in an odd way, I almost felt that the <laughs> the Bucks would almost rather play against Kyler Murray than Colt McCoy because I think Colt McCoy is that veteran guy. Yeah. Um, but clearly he's not playing. He has concussion. Right. They actually ruled today 
that he's out, um, so. he, he's out for the game. So it will yep. be Trace McSorley, who Bucks fans might not be too familiar with, but yep. Chris Godwin is very familiar with right. him. They teamed up to uh, dominate the Rose Bowl, where Penn State, yep. I believe, beat USC. And Chris USC, Godwin had yeah. like it was a hell of a day. Oh, oh like, yep. yeah, he had like a <laughs> hundred over a hundred yards, two touchdowns, and then said, "Yeah." I think I'm good enough to play in the NFL and decided to go yep. to the draft after that. Um, so I, I think just overall body language, um, not stepping on your own toes is really going to be the big difference in this game because there's no way the Bucs can lose to a third string quarterback. There's just absolutely, no, of course not. There's no, no way. There's no way the Bucs can lose. Yeah. Oh, Second wait a string minute. Quarterback, sure. Oh, yeah. Um, PJ Walker. Yeah. Uh, Brock Purdy. Yeah. Yeah, it has not been pretty or purdy for the Buccaneers going up against backup quarterbacks. They have a hard time going up against starting quarterbacks like Joe Burrow and Aaron Rodgers and all of them. But <laughs> but uh, even the backup quarterbacks can't provide that relief that you normally would see. And that's really been frustrating because, again, the Buccaneer defense has has been good enough to win most games this year. But they just haven't dominated these these backup quarterbacks like you would think that they would whether it be, be not getting enough pressure with the, with the pass rush, not making enough plays in the ball. I'm not quite sure why that has been the case, but but for whatever reason, it, it's just these these quarterbacks have almost been like a kryptonite against the Buccaneers uh, in, in years past under Todd Bowles and even, gosh, before then. I mean, even Monty Kiffin had some some problems with with some of these these quarterbacks uh, and certainly Levy Smith's defense and and Greg Schiano's uh, did at times too. It's, it should be a, a slam dunk on paper, but it, but it's not, and that's why they play the games because football is played on the field, not on paper. Um, I, I, I'm not sure about this. I don't have any scientific proof. Was, this would have to be done really in a parallel universe to see if it make a difference. I know that that there are some sports drinks that that the, the Buccaneers are licensed to drink um, on on the field, but at times maybe I don't know, Matt. In the third quarter, it seems like this team needs to pick me up. And I don't know about you, but it's to me like if they just decided to break open some Celsius, an Arctic vibe, a tropical vibe, a peach vibe, any of those vibe flavors, just to kind of get some vibe going in the second half. Maybe they, maybe they, they turn the tide and, and win that game against the Bengals. I don't know. Maybe they'll they'll find some Celsius in Arizona. And the thing is, if you want to find Celsius wherever you're located, whether it's Arizona or Florida or wherever you are across the United States. You can go to Celsius.com and click on the store locator to find the official energy drink of Pewter Report. And packed with seven essential vitamins, it's the healthiest energy drink you're going to find. <clears throat> what I love about Celsius is there's no sugar and there's no preservatives. That means there's no sugar crash later on. Why would you want to drink an energy drink that gives you that little caffeine buzz, that energy that you need? And then three or four hours later, once the sugar kicks in and the caffeine wears off, boom, you're crashing. It does the exact opposite effect. Well, there's no sugar crash with Celsius. That's why I drink it. That's why you should drink it. And they come in tremendously uh, awesome flavors, not just the Vibe flavors, but orange, which I had this morning, watermelon, which Ashley had. Uh, they've got the, the wild berry. If you don't like the sparkling uh, type of drinks, they also have green tea formulated uh, peach mango, which is a, a fantastic flavor my, my daughter Ellie likes. Kiwi guava, there's a whole bunch of flavors. So do yourself a favor, get on board with Celsius. Uh, it replaces coffee for me in the mornings, and we encourage you to uh, to buy Celsius at Amazon. Why? Because they'll send it right to your door, and you can use the subscribe and save feature. 
and save money. So Celsius, live fit with the official energy drink of Pewter Report. All right, Matt, I think you're muted there. I am muted. There I am go. muted. Okay. I'm All muted right. no more. Apologies okay. for that. You know, when we look at the, the, the Cardinals offense, sure, the whole quarterback situation, that whole snafu um, is one of the first things that come to mind. And that kind of eases your mind a little bit when, when you look at the Bucks defense going up against the Cardinals offense. But one thing that definitely cannot be taken lightly by any stretch of the imagination is the, uh, the the skill players that the Cardinals have. Because they still yeah. have DeAndre Hopkins playing in that game. And obviously, he came back from the suspension early in the season. Yeah. And one thing that DeAndre Hopkins has going for him more than anything else, and he is one of the best receivers in the game, if not the best. He spent a lot of his career with the Houston Texans and before yeah. Deshaun Watson got there, who's now with the now with the Browns. DeAndre Hopkins may be the best receiver at being able to play him and Mike Evans, honestly, being able to play with any quarterback, any style of quarterback, first string, second string, third string, fourth string, whoever you want to say, DeAndre Hopkins has played with some of the best receiver uh, quarterbacks, some of the worst quarterbacks you could ever play with. And he still puts up numbers. He can still dominate a game. So the Bucs absolutely cannot take DeAndre Hopkins lightly. They cannot take Hollywood Brown lightly. He's another very talented receiver. He missed some time with injury, but when he's in there, he's been able to you know put up numbers here and there. James Conner as well, obviously yeah. spent a lot of time with the Steelers. He is a guy that you know he can find the end zone. He's a skilled player. So while the quarterback situation is still obviously not ideal for the Cardinals, um, these are these are some skilled players that cannot, by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, we lost Matt. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, they can't be taken for granted. That's the biggest thing is when you look at at um, the speed that they have, even though it's not, um, you know, Kyler Murray throwing the football. It, it, it's a situation where you've got a system in place where, and this is one thing Todd Bull said, whether it's Colt McCoy, whether it's Kyler Murray, whether it's Trace McSorley, they are prepping for the system. And he said all three of those quarterbacks run the system pretty well. Uh, Todd Bowles was talking about the the Cardinals offense today. Let's play that video and see exactly what he thinks of the skill positions and what he's preparing for when it comes to the Cardinals this Sunday night. They're very good skill guys. They're very fast. Obviously, Hopkins has been doing it for a long time. He's one of the best in the league. He's got outstanding hands and competes. They got Hollywood Brown. They got Robbie, so they got tons of speed outside. Uh, Connor does a heck of a job for him blocking, catching, and running the football. So he's kind of a, a triple threat, so to speak. They got McBride, they just drafted. Uh, they loved him coming out of college, so he was a great player there. And they got a huge offensive line. And as far as quarterbacks, you know, whether it was Kyler or whether it was Colt or whether it's McSorley, you know, they kind of run their system. All three can run the football. So, you know, Kyler may be faster than everybody because he had elite speed, but everybody else can run the ball as well. And they throw it just the same. So we got to prepare for everything. Yeah, Matt rejoins us here. And and the, the thing, too, about the Cardinals that I've noticed is, for whatever reason, this is a team that has drafted a lot of the players that we at Pewter Report have kind of had our eye on. And Trey McBride, the tight end from Colorado State, one of those players, 
that we had as a Bucks best bet, for example. And you know, there's there's several players uh, that we've had that Buccaneer fans may be familiar with from our pre-draft coverage in years past. Kevin Collins, the linebacker, Isaiah Simmons, the other linebacker, both those guys, very, very good, fast athletes. Buda Baker, I think, was the Bucks' best bet years ago, kind of playing that that uh, Antoine Winfield role, that that slot safety slash corner uh, back position. Zach Allen, the defensive end from Boston College. He was their second leading sack he's out for this game. So that maybe negates a little bit of their pass rush. And uh, Josh Jones, the left tackle who played at Houston a couple years ahead of, of Logan Hall. But I liked him coming out of Houston. He's their left tackle now in Arizona. So there's a lot of those guys. And Trey McBride is now the starter. And that is uh, due to the fact that Zach Ertz is on injured reserve. When you look at, at the tight end position, Ertz was, Matt, their their leading touchdown producer with four this year. He had 406 yards receiving on 47 catches, about 8.6 yards per catch. You know, he's not a he's not a uh, uh, you know a downfield threat anymore given his age. But even that, Trey McBride, very similar yards per catch average, 8.1, 16 catches, 129 yards, no touchdowns yet. So he's just kind of getting into this offense now that that Ertz is out. But the one thing that really caught my attention, and you mentioned DeAndre Hopkins, who I'm sure Carlton Davis will have a lot to say about and, and guard on Sunday, Matt. But there's just not a lot of big explosive plays in this offense in the passing game, even when Kyler Murray was there. DeAndre Hopkins, longest you know catch of, of the season, 33 yards. Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, 26-yard catch is his longest. Rondale Moore, who's out with an injury, 38 yards for him. Uh, Greg Dortch, the the diminutive speedster, kind of like their Devin yeah. Tompkins, right? Uh, he's he's got a a, a uh, let's see forty seven yard catch, just the longest of of the year by any Cardinals receiver, running back, or tight end. So I, I look at these averages: eleven point three for Hopkins, ten point two for Marquise Brown, ten point one for Rondale Moore, eight point six for Zach Ertz, nine point five for Dortch. 6.3 for James Conrad of the backfield, 8.1 for, for Trey McBride. Uh, A.J. Green's a shell of his former self, 6.7 yards per catch there. Uh, it just seems to me, Matt, that this is an offense that is that does a lot of underneath stuff, shallow routes, um, doesn't really stretch the field, maybe can't stretch the field. And with Trace McSorley not having the arm or the talent of a Kyler Murray, it's kind of plays into Todd Bowles's hands, right? He likes to keep everything in front of him yes. and kind of, kind of defend and make you throw underneath rally and tackle and go on those long drives, Matt, right? Absolutely. And one of the players that Todd Bowles also mentioned in that video before was Robbie Anderson, who the Cardinals traded for uh, when he, when he was playing with Carolina, Robbie Anderson is kind of like that one trick pony type of player. Just, speed down the field and even his longest reception is only 21 yards um obviously when you make a trade in season you're not always going to get the expected results that you want you know like yeah. Christian McCaffrey he's kind of fit in pretty well with the San Francisco 49ers Robbie yeah. Anderson not exactly the case so this plays perfectly into the hands of everything that Todd Bowles wants to do as you said keep everything in front and really we've seen in in recent weeks, not not against the Bengals, of course, but yeah. the Bucks, as good as the defense has played at times, they always fall into the problem of 
they just let up the big play once or twice in a game, right. you know, whether it was the big Cooper cup touchdown against the Rams. And I know they went on to win that mm-hmm. game, but um, you know, falling apart against the Ravens on Thursday night football, where they allowed yeah. over 200 rushing yards. Maybe that wasn't necessarily one play, but right. um, they just, for everything they do, right. It's the one or two things they do wrong. That really, really comes back to hurt them. And, you know, whether it was Kyler or Colt McCoy or now Trace McSorley, Trace McSorley is not going to burn you deep. Uh, At least I don't think so. Uh, And maybe he would benefit from the fact that he had Chris Godwin uh, at Penn State at Penn State when they played together. Um, But I mean, this this opens a great opportunity and we saw the pass rush look better, not like fantastic, but this opens a great opportunity for a Devin white delayed blitz or a, right. a, a, a Dev, really just sending Devin white up the middle. Levante yep. David, let's remember you want to get on his case for the holding penalty on, on Jamar chase, which Levante David covered Jamar chase. Bad it, penalty. It, <laughs> yeah. It was a bad penalty, yeah. but the idea of having Levante David cover Jamar chase in the first place. Yeah. Uh, obviously it's a blitz and you can only do what you yeah. want to do. He also had a strip sack in that game uh, on did. Joe Burrow. It just so happened that the ball went right back to Joe Burrow, and we're not yeah. really talking about it because of the way that the Bucs yeah. folded in, in the second half. But this is a great opportunity. I, I love when the Bucs have blitzed right up the middle this year. This is um, kind of everything that you talked about with what they should have done or wanted to execute against Brock Purdy two weeks right. ago against the 49ers. Now they can take that and do it against Trace McSorley, knowing yeah. that, uh, you know, this offense isn't going to do what San Francisco did against. Them. Yeah, they're not going to have Vita Vea this week. Uh, that that seems kind of certain right now. So they're going to have to to do some blitzing, I think, to manufacture some pass rush here. But uh, Carlton Davis is a player that really stepped up big time against Jamar Chase. Wrote about him in my two point conversion today. Uh, he was targeted eight times, only allowed three catches. I think for. 24 yards, if my memory serves me correctly. The touchdown that Jamar Chase caught was actually against Keanu Neal. And really, Matt, for the first time, not for the first time, but for the first time in a long while, we saw Carlton Davis kind of vacate that that lockdown left cornerback spot, right? Because, I mean, he was the left cornerback. Yep. Jamel Dean's the right cornerback. And it looked to me like Todd Bowles said, we're going to play cat coverage, which means you get that cat, wherever that cat goes, you cover him, right? That's It's like, like man on man, and wherever he goes, you go. And so that's what happened. I noticed that that the first snap of the game, Carlton Davis was lined up at a right cornerback with Sean Murphy bunting at the left because Jamar Chase was on the on the left side of the field for the Bengals, the right side of the field for the Bucks. And I thought Carlton played a tremendous game. Four pass breakups, including an interception that happened on on a tip ball. Uh, just just a, a fantastic job against Jamar Chase. It's really the type of performance the Bucks have wanted to see more from Carlton Davis and glad he could deliver, but it's got to be more consistent, right? You can't go 20 games in between interceptions and that's what happened with Carlton Davis. So and not just 20 games, you know, in, in a row, but 20 games he's played in because Davis has missed some time due to injury these last two seasons. So, so Matt, um, let's, let's listen to what Todd Bowles had to say about Carlton's performance last week. And he's got a, a, a big tall matchup against, uh, DeAndre Hopkins this week. I think they're going to use him the same way and have him follow Hopkins. Yes, I'm going to play the Todd Bowles video first. Then I want to mention something about Carlton versus DeAndre Hopkins, and gotcha. uh, then we'll get into Carlton. So here's Todd Bowles. Uh, he talks a little bit about how Sean Murphy bunting played, and then gets into Carlton Davis. I thought Sean practiced well last week, and I thought he played. I thought he played a heck of a ball game. 
Speaking of cornerbacks, could you just talk about the game Carlton Davis had with the pass breakups, the interception? Seemed like that was his best game of the year, maybe the best game he's had in some time. Do you agree with that assessment? He competed. You know, he did a lot of things well. Two or three things just we can help him out with or he can do better, but he competed. He didn't give up the deep ball. He hurt it all week. Uh, Chase has made great catches and runs on everybody. He's a great receiver. Carlton competed and he made some plays for us. It's funny. Carlton Davis is still a younger player overall. Right. But yeah, that game against Jamar Chase was vintage mm -hmm. Carlton Davis that we've seen. Yeah. And, you know, it, it reminds me of like training camp. He went up against Tyreek Hill and mm -hmm. some back and forth. Carlton made some plays. Tyreek made some plays. It's training camp. Whatever. Right. We're in December now. No one's really thinking about that. But I really think Carlton revels in these opportunities to play against the best of the best. And he right. almost gets bored when it's not to take the Devin White quote <sighs> right. against the Falcons, but he almost gets bored when it's just a run of the mill offense with regular wide receivers. So it's really coming full circle, Scott, because if you remember in 2019, it's coming full circle because he's playing against DeAndre Hopkins. And yeah. in the 2019 season, Carlton Davis's second year, he had a game. It was Bucks against the Texans late in the season around right. this time. It was a Saturday game, and the Bucks were essentially, uh, if, if they weren't eliminated from playoff contention, it was still pretty much. Obviously, yeah, yeah it was very tough. <laughs> yeah. And he went up against DeAndre Hopkins and essentially spent most of the game with him, shadowing him wherever he went. Yeah. And he held DeAndre Hopkins to five receptions for, I believe, 23 yards, either yeah. 23 or 33 yards, which, again, second-year player, right. Carlton Davis, against the best receiver at the time, DeAndre Hopkins. Right. That was the game that put Carlton Davis on the map. That's right. That's, That's put him memory. on the map as, hey, this guy can be a number one. He welcomes these, these opportunities to go up against the best of the best of the best. And it, it it started really the maturation process of the Carlton Davis that became the number one corner yeah. that got that second contract. That was an exciting time for him. So we spoke to Carlton today and he said that was like when he started being that corner that can go from side to side on the field. And he didn't just stay on one side. That was right. late, late in his second season. It was when he started doing that. And DeAndre Hopkins was one of the first players that he, um, that he really shadowed against. So I asked him if he remembered that game and what's it like going up against a talented player like that. And this was his response. Oh, for sure. That was like, one of the, like, like I said, in the back half of 2019, I really started following guys and that was one of my first assignments. And uh, so you never forget it, but um, you know, he's a physical receiver, a physical corner. And uh, you know, somebody's going to win, somebody's going to lose and it's not going to be me. <laughs> a physical receiver i'm a physical resort yeah. or corner somebody's going to win somebody's going to lose and it ain't gonna be me essentially yeah. what he said i love the swagger I, I just would i would love for more consistency right from him and and i think that's kind of been what's missing like you go back to the cleveland game i mean he did not play well right and and there, there's been some games where he just he has not been the 14 million dollar man that that the buccaneers kind of expected they expected on a more regular basis, what happened on Sunday against the the Cincinnati Bengals, shutting down a 
a premier type wide receiver and kind of erasing him. And really Jamel Dean has been, even though Jamel Dean has really kind of fallen off, he's not going to be able to play this week as well. Todd Bowles said that, that he's going to be out. Um, Jamel Dean's kind of been the better corner, I think for, from a consistency standpoint, although, you know, Dean started off hot and it's kind of slid down downhill here a little bit. We have a super chat. I want to get to, sorry for not getting to it earlier from Jordan. Uh, that's Canadian money. We'll take it six ninety nine. Appreciate the Thank super chat, Scott. What is your rationale for your hunch from your two point conversion article that TB twelve will be back next season? Thanks and happy holidays, PR. What's my rationale? Um, well, I mean, I talk to people in the organization, and you know, nothing's definitive. Nothing's been set in stone. But again, I wrote probably about a month ago now, three to four weeks ago, that I didn't think Tom would be back that he would play elsewhere if he wanted to play next year. I have um, gotten some feelers, if you will, some feedback, some chatter uh, that the Bucks are, are, are cautiously optimistic that, that he might return. And, you know, it's, it's not definitive. It's not like, Hey, Tom said he was going to do this. It's not that it's just a feeling it's, it's like observing Tom because Tom doesn't know. Tom doesn't know. A, is he going to play at age 46 for a 24th season? And then B, if he is, where is it going to be? He doesn't know yet. But I can tell you that maybe earlier in the season, people inside the organization didn't necessarily think it might be Tampa if he did play. But I kind of think that that's kind of flipping around now. So we'll see. I, I, I'm. It was part of my predictions piece at the bottom of the two-point conversion column, Matt. My predictions have not been that great this year. I'll be the first to admit that. Uh, but but some of the information I get is um, is of my own perception, how I perceive things, how I read the team. And then sometimes there's like little nuggets here and there, and this is kind of maybe one of those. So I'll leave it at that. And obviously the Bucks would be more than happy to bring Tom Brady back into the fold. If Well, the if Bucks Brady would, but you like- know, the, the Bucks community, I'm not so sure about. We actually did a, a Twitter poll and yeah. that expired yesterday. Here are the results. Uh, if Tom Brady wanted to come back for one more year in the NFL, would you want him to return to the Bucks in 2023? 3,653 votes were tallied. And only 57% said yes. 43% said no. That's closer than I thought it was going to be, Matt. Mm-hmm. Especially when there's no like clear option, right? There's no there's no option right. in free I, agency. There's no option in the draft. We don't know where the Bucks are going to draft, who's going to be available. The only quarterback on the roster under contract near, next year is Kyle Trask. And so I was just shocked with, without having a better like what's behind door number two, right? To like contemplate, well, Tom coming back or this guy, uh, they just don't want right. Tom back. Forty three percent. It's kind of stunning to me. I thought it, I thought it'd be a little bit more lopsided, like sixty five percent. Tom would come back. I, I think we're going to need a follow up poll. It would have to be after the season when a couple yeah. other things pan out, and it's like of these quarterbacks, who would you want under center for the Bucks next season? It could be Tom Brady, Kyle yes. Trask. Derek Carr, whoever, because like last season, there was the feeling of, oh, like maybe the Bucs would trade for Russell Wilson. Obviously, that didn't happen. We we weren't suggesting it, just saying like that could have been an option. Maybe Derek Carr gets cut or yada, yada, yada. Obviously, right now, it's just kind of like 
is it Tom or like, are you going through the draft? So maybe we'll redo that one in a, in a month or so when a little more options are available. The, the click, the picture is a, is a little more clear to yeah. come up with a couple of options, but um, yeah, nonetheless, people aren't happy with the team right now, but you know what? Everyone was super pumped when Tom Brady made the big comeback against the saints yes. a couple of weeks ago. So yeah. uh, it very much is a, what have you done for me uh, lately? type of gig and you know you were talking earlier about um just wanting more consistency from from carlton davis and that you got that from jamel dean yeah earlier in the season and not getting it as much now um i can tell you one thing that is consistent but like consistently great is pirate republic beer the official yes. beer of the peter report podcast you saw scott drinking it earlier in the day Christmas colors for the Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa season, the holiday season. And of course, uh, Pirate Republic's the official beer, pewterreport.com. They're based out of Nassau, Bahamas, and making their way into Florida for the football season and holiday season. A beer brings people together and they uh, bring people together to celebrate life in the spirit of the original Pirate Code, which is a sense of belonging. We're going to be talking about three beers. In just a moment, you have the Long John Pilsner. That's the red, like Santa's suit. Uh, it's perfect for tailgating or having fun in the Florida sun. Personally, it's my favorite Pirate Republic beer. Then you have the green beer, the Take No Quarter IPA, 7.2% alcohol. It's the it's like best. a damn Christmas tree. Exactly. Matt. It is like a Christmas tree. It's, uh, it's the best IPA that you'll find. You might not even be an IPA fan, and you'll like it. And then last but not least in the gold can is the Golden Haze of Piracy Belgian with beer. Drop an orange slice in that and enjoy that pirate life. Uh, pirate Republic beer can be found at participating retailers like Total Wine and more, Lucan's Liquors, Party Liquors, and select ABC liquor stores in the greater Tampa Bay area. And they're expanding across the state of Florida. I know I get my Pirate Republic at the uh, ABC liquor. Uh, so live life on your terms and drink like a pirate. With Pirate Republic beer, the official beer of pewterreport.com. I got mine at the Total Wine and More up here in Wesley Chapel. And, um, you know, I, I'm not an IPA fan. Th this, this is the only IPA I would drink because it's not terribly hoppy. I think it has enough hoppy flavor for the IPA drinker out there to enjoy, but it's, it's, uh, it's not overwhelming when it comes to hops, and that's what I enjoy about it. So, you know what? Listen, I know everybody out there has got their, their favorite beer, and I know that there's beer allegiance, and I get that. I, I'm kind of that way, too. I, I have certain beers that I, that I do like that I still drink, but I've incorporated this into my rotation, right? And I, that's all we're asking you to do. Just try it. Just give it a try. And you know what? If you know a beer drinker out there, there's nothing better, Matt, than finding beer under the tree. And the great thing is these yeah. cans, as we talked about, <laughs> they're already holiday gift wrap for you and red and and and, uh, and green. Just slap a bow on them and just stick them under the tree or just take the individual single cans, drop them in the stocking. Um, you know, make sure that that whoever's opening that stocking is age 21 and up. But yes. Um, but yeah, it's it's a fantastic gift uh, for yourself or for the beer drinkers in your life. It takes two seconds to slap a bow on it, and That's then right. bam, you got a great gift that uh, you know that whoever you're getting it for uh, will like. Let's get to the injury report that yep. just came out a couple minutes ago. For the Bucks, outside linebacker Jannard Avery did not practice, still dealing with that abdomen and oblique injury. Jamel Dean, yep. 
as we talked about, toe injury, did not practice. Julio Jones, knee injury, he was limited today. He was there working out with some of the yep. other wide receivers. Carl Nassib, peck injury, did not participate. He was running individually on his own uh, over on the field all the way to the left. Uh, Keanu Neal, toe injury, did not participate. That's, uh, that's a new one there. That's a new one, yep. Yeah, didn't didn't expect that one. Uh, Donovan Smith did not practice. We uh, we tweeted that out earlier. Yeah, he's, got he's getting some treatment, some yeah. treatment on the foot. Yeah, so he was there yeah. today at the facility, but he was getting some medical treatment on the foot rather than practicing on it. Yeah, uh, Vita Vea calf injury did not practice. Josh Wells a back injury limited participation. Yeah, it's on Winfield Jr. with an ankle did not practice, but Trista Wirfs on the bright side once again was yeah. limited in practice with that ankle injury. We have a video on our. Uh, Twitter account or yeah. uh, on my Twitter account, you can check it out as well with Tristan Wirfs running around mm-hmm. uh, at practice. So any doctors out there that want to look at it, see if he uh, <laughs> could be ready for this game. I got a uh, hunch, Matt. Though. I think Tristan's going to come back for Sunday night. You know? I think so too. Now I, I remember in the locker room last week, he was, he was like limping kind of heavily, but I didn't yeah. see too much of a limp at practice today. Uh, yeah. He was in the locker room for a little bit yeah. towards he, the end, kind of as we were leaving. He was kind of walking around pretty quickly, like he kind of shuffled yeah. out of there pretty quickly. So I was impressed by his. The, the problem is I couldn't, I couldn't read him because he's always smiling. He's very yes, happy go lucky type of guy. He's always yeah. smiling. So if he was in pain, he, he wasn't showing it. Yep. Let's get to the Cardinals injury report. Sure. Zach Allen, defensive lineman, hand injury, did not practice. Offensive lineman, Kelvin Beecham, Beecham, uh, knee and ankle injury did not participate. Offensive lineman Rashad Coward, chest he fully participated. Right wide receiver Greg Dorch knee was limited. Yep. Offensive lineman Max Garcia with the shoulder was limited. Marcus Golden linebacker ankle limited. Uh, cornerback Antonio Hamilton with a back injury did not participate. He was on the box for a little bit. Yep. Um, Christian Matthew, the corner shoulder mm-hmm. limited Colt McCoy concussion did not practice. He's out. Byron Murphy, Jr. The corner back did not participate. Linebacker Ezekiel Turner with an ankle injury was limited. Safety, Charles Washington chest limited. And last but not least cornerback Marco Wilson dealing with the neck injury was also limited. So plenty yeah. of limited players on That's that. That's right. List. Yeah. I think the only two guys that are they're going to be out for sure looks like Zach Allen, the the defensive lineman with a hand injury, kind of like Trey Hendrickson didn't play last week with a broken hand for Cincinnati. And then of course Colt McCoy, they've already ruled him out with the concussion. That means Trace McSorley is going to be the quarterback uh for the Cardinals, the third stringer. Harvinder, we always appreciate your comments and your yeah. participation. Jensen was seen practicing snaps with Brady before the Bengals game. What's happening with Jensen? Really not much. We kind of addre- have addressed this before. Don't see anything. Uh, happening there on the horizon. He he is, I don't think he's been cleared medically to practice. He has not been practicing. So you, you got to think with three weeks left, uh, and he's not practicing yet with the team. Uh, when he did take those snaps, he was in, in, in street clothes, if you will, uh, you know, just shorts and a t-shirt, just doing some, some, you know, practice snapping, but he was not dressed in a uniform. They actually had Tristan Wirfs dressed, in the uniform prior to the game and he was, was working out and then was ruled inactive. And so he went back in and changed. And, and so I think he was kind of closer than we thought to, to maybe playing in that game, but we'll see. I think he plays on Sunday, but Jensen, I think he's done for the year. I don't, I don't see him coming back. Um, One thing that I I do want to kind of note about 
the Arizona Cardinals is, and it's just kind of weird because I, I think they've got some good players on defense, Matt, and we'll kind yeah. of shift to the defensive side here. They got some good players on defense. A lot of draft picks invested, high draft picks, first round pick in Zayvon Collins, first round pick in Isaiah Simmons, high picks in Zach Allen and Buda Baker. But collectively, as a team, they just don't play well, right? They imported right. JJ Watt. He's leading the team in sacks right now. I mentioned earlier Zach Allen, the second leading sacker, is is out with that hand injury. Uh, Zach Allen has five and a half sacks this year. JJ Watt has nine and a half. And you know, Josh Wells has played admirably. I think he's hung in there. He's not gotten abused where he's had a game where he's given up two, three sacks. He hasn't even given up a sack yet, technically, Matt. But mm. if if it's him going up against J.J. Watt, like his luck might be running out, right? Because Watt's a power player. I think those type of players, even more than speed, give Josh Wells fits. And so that's why I'm hopeful that Tristan Wirfs can play and battle against J.J. Watt. That will be an interesting you know, matchup there. But Simmons has three sacks. Uh, My Jay Sanders, a rookie out of Cincinnati, three sacks. Marcus Golden's been a disappointment this year, only two and a half sacks. Mm. Zayvon Collins. So they, they get to the, the quarterback a little bit. They've got 31 sacks on the season. But here's the crazy thing. They're 32nd in scoring defense, Matt. <laughs> They're allowing almost 27 points per game. They've given up the most points uh, this year out of any team in the league. And for an offense that struggles to score points, right, like Tampa Bay, remedy. Yeah. that might be the perfect remedy because the Bucks are 28th in scoring at 17.6 points per game, in case you're, you're wondering. The Cardinals are 18th at 20.9. But uh, something's got to give, Matt. Either this Bucks offense is finally going to break out and, and score you know, more than 23 points, which they did in the last garbage minute of the game, uh, or, or this Cardinals defense, which has been a sieve in terms of giving up points, is going to finally rise up. So w- one of these things is going to happen, right? The Bucs were lucky to uh, avoid TJ Watt when they played the Steelers uh, weeks ago, but they're not going to be as lucky going up against JJ Watt, who let's remember he had three sacks yeah. <laughs> last week. So he is coming in scorching, scorching hot for this game. And I like what you said about just individual players that are, that are good players, but it's just not all coming together um, like Buda Baker, obviously very talented safety, one of the better safeties in the league. Right. Simmons, I really like his speed. He scored a, a game-winning touchdown earlier yeah. this season um, in overtime. I believe they came back against the Raiders. And that's the one thing that's a little scary for the Boxes. They haven't totally done well against speed this season, whether, you know, Donovan Smith technique has been an issue. And sometimes you lose your technique because you're trying to keep up with yeah. the you know, with the edge rusher or whatever pass rusher is coming at you. So obviously JJ Watt, they're going to try to get him in the most advantageous situations. If Wells plays, Wells is going to see a lot of him. I wouldn't right. be surprised if they just say, Hey, we know Donovan Smith is struggling. Let's put, let's put JJ Watt on him and, and kind of get things going. Yeah. But it's funny, Scott, because yeah, the, the offense obviously has struggled for the entirety of the season. We saw a glimmer of hope, a glimmer of hope in the first half against the Bengals where they were able to move the ball. Why? Because they ran play action. They had motion. They got creative. They did different things. If you want to take advantage of a defense that has speed, keep running that play action because yeah. it worked. You don't even have to be good at running the ball. However, 
The one thing that does scare me is another way to neutralize a, a speedy defense and a good pass rush is through the screen game, which we know the Bucks love that more than some of their own family members. Yes. They love going to the screen game. So oh I'm worried that Byron Leftwich is going to go, hey, I know a way how we can beat the Cardinals. We're going to go with the screen. And yep. um, so hopefully they stick with the play action and take those shots down the field because they've been able the last couple, well, not really against the 49ers, but they hit Mike Evans over the middle, you know, and made some big plays. Chris Godwin, at times, they've been able to get him the ball down the field. Yeah. I would love to see a little bit more of Kate Otten. It just seems too. like every time Kate Otten gets the ball, good things happen. And even if it's just as simple of, hey, we can't put X's and O's on it or statistics yep. or analytics behind it. If he's just a good luck charm, screw it. <laughs> just keep giving him the ball because it seems like yeah. every time Kate Otten gets the ball they're either scoring a game-winning touchdown getting a first down down the field where every time cam Braid seems to be around it there's either an interception a fumble or unfortunately for cam Braid, he gets a debilitating injury yeah. so whether it's fate whatever you want to call it keep getting the ball to kate on i agree keep I agree. going play action and take shots down the field like this offense was destined to do yeah, when they all first got here as a coaching staff. It's funny. I've, I've talked to some defensive coaches around the league this week, not just in Tampa, but elsewhere that, that I've known, you know, uh, throughout the years. And and the one thing that that rings true, and I know this just from my Pop Warner days as a defensive coordinator, is uh, the the worst um, the worst thing offensive coordinators do is stop themselves. Right? I mean, like sometimes a bad offensive coordinator can be a defensive coordinator's best friend. And I'll just give you an example here. Um, you know, just from my own experience really quickly, we were playing a, a team, Palmetto Trojans, and and they ran an end around on first down, and they got like nine yards. And end arounds are really hard to stop, especially at the Pop Warner level. Yeah, you have little yeah. if you just have he, a kid that's fast. He's one kid who's fast, and yeah. he's running, and everybody else in your defense, all 11, are like static. They're standing still trying to catch a kid who gets the handoff, right, uh, and, and and is already moving. It's really, really hard to to stop that. And, and you know, and, and they get nine yards, and, and I'm like, holy smokes, like this is going to be a problem all game. And it's like, I think Palmetto ran it again, like later, and they maybe got eight, nine yards, something like that again. And that was it. And they, they didn't run it again. And and it's like, for whatever reason, that's really common with offensive coordinators is like there used to be a saying, and I know football is advanced and it's become more modern and you have analytics, guiding decision-making and all this. But one thing used to ring true, which is, you know, keep doing it until they stop you. And, and I don't know that that's the case anymore. I think offensive coordinators don't adhere to that. They don't keep doing something until the defense can prove that it's, that it's stopped. I think sometimes, you know, you see a good play and you're like, why don't you go back to that? Why don't you try that again? We've seen that happen to the Buccaneers defense at times where like, you'll see certain route combinations. You'll see certain, you know, plays happen again. And, and it's just like, wow, boy, like, they got to they got to try to stop it here. Whether it's a bootleg waggle, whether it's a, a screen, whatever it is, and and I just think sometimes Byron Leftwich stops what's working without the defense really stopping it, and and that's problematic. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I'm 
I, I was very opt, op, I was very op. I don't even want to say optimistic because that's Encouraged. almost. Well, I don't even say encouraged because that's too much praise for Byron Leftwich. I, I kind of liked what they were doing in the first half. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> like, like it looked different and it was working and it seems like they went away from some of those things that were working. And I don't know how much of that was the Bengals defense really gearing up to stop that. And the reason I say that is because the Bucks kind of stopped using, uh, you know, uh, the play action in the second half to, to the, the rate Bengals that they were in the first half. They put a safety on the side of Mike Evans and Mike Evans obviously didn't uh, destroy them. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what uh, what type of offense comes about for uh, the Christmas game for the Bucks and the Cardinals. Yeah. Obviously, everything we yeah. talked about between the Cardinals' defense allowing the most points per game on scoring defense and the Bucks doing what they've been doing on offense really makes you wonder about the over-under in this game, which if you're going to bet it, you can go and bet it over at my bookie. Dot ag. I gotta say, I gotta give a shout out to uh, Pat O'Connor because I bet on Eastern Washington, uh, Eastern Washington, Eastern Michigan, yeah, Eastern Michigan yesterday, yeah, yeah. and they won the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. So I was very happy about that. I told so Pat, Pat that today. Yeah, he was. He was. <laughs> yeah. uh, he put something on Instagram about it too. Uh, but sports betting is intense enough, so you shouldn't need to sweat your payouts. My bookie has a no strings bonus that lets you cash in and cash out. Quick, use the promo code Pewter, that's P-E-W-T-E-R, on a deposit of $50 or more, and you can receive up to $200 in cash instantly to your MyBookie account. Using this bonus is simple. Bet your deposit amount once, and you're ready to cash out. It's no strings attached with MyBookie. Hammer this bonus on MyBookie so you can focus on what's important, the holiday week, family, food, and securing that money bag. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with my bookie. And a couple other things that you should know. Uh, the new deposit bonus, it's a uh, 10% cash bonus on deposits up to $2,000. And the minimum deposit amount that you have to deposit is $50. The maximum bonus amount is $200. So uh, it's a pretty good deal. You know, all these great cash outs. Uh, so make sure you go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code Pewter, because even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that these are some great deals that MyBookie is coming out with. Um, they always have different deals all the time and obviously want to help out during the holiday season. So take advantage of that yeah. cash out. Shaggy with a $5 super chat. Thank you, Ch Shaggy. Always in the comments in the chats. I still don't believe Lefty was calling that in the first half. It's funny because I was saying with Shaggy with this comment, I was thinking Scooby Doo when they get the the bad guy at the end and they take the right. the mask off and it's like oh it's it was this guy. Um, yeah, I would have got away with it if it wasn't for you stupid kids or whatever. Yeah, he says. That's exactly. So, funny, yeah. so I'm curious who really was calling the the plays for the Bucks offense. Maybe it was like uh, remember when like Sean McVay was with the Bucks like years and years and years ago and he was just like essentially getting coffee for John Gruden. It was yeah. probably like that guy on the coaching staff, but he like right. won a bet against Byron Leftwich and got the call the first half or something like yeah. that. Yeah, the Bucks were doing a lot of things well in the first half. I just wish we would have seen more of that in the second half. Of course, the turnovers played a, a big part in that, right? If if not for the interceptions, the fumbles, they would have had more plays to run in the third quarter, and maybe they would have, would have gotten to some of that stuff. So we'll see. What we want you to get to, though, is liking our Pewter Report page. We would love to be, at the end of the season, 
at 10,000 subscribers. I think we're just around 9,800. So we need you guys, if you're listening to this podcast, if you know of any Buc Buccaneer fans that are not subscribed to our YouTube channel, Peter Report TV, make sure that they are. They say subscribe, Matt. I don't know whether you subscribe. It's free. There's no subscription cost. It's just hitting a button. So hit the subscribe button. Help us get to 10,000. And make sure you hit the like button. While you're hitting buttons, hit the like button. On this video, on all of our podcasts, all of our commentary uh, from the shows, the clips that we pull, or from our press conference clips and interviews from the locker room, we have a, great, a lot of great content that Matt and our, our staff puts up at Pewter Report TV. So make sure you go there for your Bucks news and commentary and interviews. We try to do a really good job of, of providing comprehensive coverage of the Bucks, And it all starts here on this Pewter Report podcast. We'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock as well for the, the Thursday show. We're going to be talking about Joe Tryon-Shoenka, who had a, a pretty good game. Four tackles, half a sack. Uh, Joe Tryon Shoenka is the feature of, of a little video piece, or I should say uh, uh, an article with some video uh, snippets that Josh Capo put out today. So definitely check that out too. A lot of great content at Peter Report. And make sure you go to PeterReport.com, which is our website, and that you're following us on our social media channels, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Peter Report. All right, Matt. So um, any other little tidbits that you want to throw out there about Bucks Cardinals. I think the wild card in this, in this uh, game is the fact that the Buccaneers have a real bad taste in their mouths, but they're also going to be spending Christmas Eve in a hotel room together away from their families. You know, it's not the ideal place to be right. Especially right. if you have kids and a wife and all that, not being able to, to share that time with your family and then wait all day on Christmas, right? At the hotel, mm -hmm. doing all that stuff. You do get to sleep in, but then you're playing at night. Um, it's it just it's not a great situation, I think, mentally for the Buccaneers, you know, to be in now. They have everything to play for, Matt. But yeah, I, that, that's the one thing that concerns me is the circumstances. It is Christmas Eve, the night at the hotel, and then the next day, you don't even get to wake up and, and play. You gotta wait right. all day to play. Yeah, and I would try to give this a positive spin zone of like, hey, it gives guys the opportunity to to all bond, be around each other, and maybe say, hey, like we got to pick it up, we got to get our you know what together. But they already had a players only meeting, like you know, a month ago, and then the defense had the special dinner at Eddie V's. So as much as they've all tried to. Hey, we gotta we gotta get this together. We we gotta yeah. come together as a group. They've tried that before, so I don't know necessarily if just all being together for because it's Christmas is necessarily yeah. going to change it. But maybe the spirit of Christmas or the holiday spirit changes things for the Bucks, and they say, "All right, this is our this is our best chance to win the division right now." Yeah. It's a third string quarterback. It's yeah. a crappy team that's probably going to have a new coach and a new GM after the season. If we win this, they're all first of all, they'll also already know, right? Whether or not, because the Lions play the Panthers next uh, on, on Saturday. So, right. if the Lions beat the Panthers, the Bucks know that all they have to do is beat the Cardinals and they essentially have a two game lead and really just need to win uh, one of those last two in order right. to, you know, clinch the division. And they can clinch it if they win and beat the Panthers next week. Yep. You have to know, like, all right. No more BS, everything on the table. Let's just freaking get this stuff done and we can celebrate Christmas 
the next yeah. day on Monday and Tuesday, which is typically the off day for yeah. everyone. And, and if the, that's not motivation enough, right. then nothing will be. The Falcons play at the Ravens on Saturday, Christmas Eve. That's another Saturday game. And, and again, the Bucks will know the outcome of that. And, and the, the same is true with, with the, the Saints and the Browns. The Saints will be traveling to Cleveland, so that's going to be a bad weather game for sure. For the Saints, you'll who always play in a dome just about. And, of course, the Falcons having to go up and play the Ravens. The Ravens uh, right now are, I think, one game behind. You have the one game behind the Bengals in the division, so they're going to be wanting that game. So it, it, the Lions are red hot right now. It's 7-7. Seven and seven. It's crazy to think that the Detroit Lions are better than the Buccaneers, but that is the case. Um so maybe, maybe you know the Lions, the the Browns, and the Ravens will help the Buccaneers as all the other NFL teams seem to do on a regular basis, helping prop this bad Buccaneer team up by beating their NFC South rivals. Um, one thing that that you shouldn't do though is if you're feeling sluggish and tired and you're getting older like me, don't beat yourself up over it because it's probably low testosterone. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to age rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with age rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call age rejuvenation today. Do it, do it now. Age rejuvenation. Agerejuvenation.com, folks. That's where you have to go. Uh, if you are in your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, you probably have low testosterone. That's nature, fellas. That's that happens naturally as you get older. And the side effects of that are, are weight gain, um, loss of stamina. Um, just feeling tired all the time. You heard everybody talk about that. Even the lady said she didn't like to shop anymore. Holy smokes. Um, but go to adrejuvenation.com, sign up for their free consultation, get your blood work done. And if you have low testosterone, highly recommend the testosterone therapy they offer. It has made me feel 10 years younger. You know, John Gilmore, former Buccaneer, who joins us on the Peter Report tailgate show, he certainly looks like he could still play in the NFL. He feels 10 years younger. He's 43. looks like he's 33. And it works. So give yourself the gift of health. Treat yourself this year for the holiday season. Go to agerejuvenation.com. They've got some great holiday specials, and they also have five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you age rejuvenation. All right. That's about going to do it for us on today's show. I want to remind everyone, we will have a show tomorrow, but then also Sunday on Christmas we will have the Celsius Peter Report tailgate show presented by Age Rejuvenation, typically live at the walk-ons in Wesley Chapel or uh, Midtown, depending on the uh, depending on the week. But this week we're doing it from our homes because it is Christmas. Then we'll have the Peter Game Day show. So the tailgate show is at 6.30. The Game Day show is 8.20. I'll be on giving my live uh, reactions and analysis to everything going on for the Bucks cardinals game, which hopefully will end in a... Win for the box that'll make them a step closer to that'd be the winning best Christmas division. present for any Buccaneer fan out there. It, right? it, it really could be. Uh, and we will have a show tomorrow talking a lot about Joe Tryon Shoyinka and the curious case going on there. So for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks everybody for watching, and we will see you tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out, out. RP Franco Harris. Merry Christmas, happy holidays. And Merry Christmas. And happy holidays to, to all.